welcome to the OCR Underground Show. Each week, you get the latest research, training secrets of top coaches, and everything you need to crush your next obstacle course race and finish burpee-free. Here's your host, SGX coach, Mike Diebler. All right, this is Mike Diebler, and welcome to episode 34 of the OCR Underground Show, where we're helping you train smarter and take your training to the next level for your next OCR race. If you have any questions you want me to answer on the show, definitely reach out to me at info at OCRunderground.com, and you can check out the show notes for this episode at OCRunderground.com slash episode dash 34. Recently on the site, I put up some great articles and workouts that I want to make sure you don't miss. Uh, first up, I have a blog post that I put up called Stop Destroying Your Knees, and this was a really a great post on a lot of running mistakes that I see and uh, some really simple things that you can do uh, to help hopefully correct some of these issues. Now, when your knees are hurting after running, obviously there are lots of different things that could be going on, uh, but one thing is, is ankle mobility. So this article goes into some great exercises you can do and testing to see if you might suffer from ankle mobility issues. So definitely head to the show notes and check out, I'll put the link in there uh, for that article. And then also uh, the Millican workout that I posted. Um, I shared the story, I won't get into it again, but um, my, my college teammate and friend, Kyle Milliken, was tragically killed in Somalia. He was a Navy SEAL, and uh, I'm not affiliated with CrossFit at all, but I do really um, love that they do their hero workouts, and there was no way that anything would be put together in time for Memorial Day, so I just kind of took it upon myself to kind of create the unofficial Milliken workout. It was a lot of fun, a tough workout. It was just a small thing I wanted to do for for his memory and for his family. And um, I know a lot of you actually participated in it and thank you so much, got some great feedback. Um, but even though Memorial Day is passed, if you wanna check out the workout, just head to the show notes and you can see it and give it a try. And I would love for you to uh, post your time, post what you think and uh, any comments would be greatly appreciated there. Well, I'm actually home alone for the next 10 days, which is a little bittersweet. I'm going to enjoy the the silence and the, the calmness of not having two kids running around, but I'm obviously going to miss them uh, greatly as my wife and my two kids are going to be in, in Mississippi visiting her family, but um, which that pretty much means for me is I'm going to be eating a lot of meals over the sink, and I am not going to make the bed at all, which I know that drives my wife crazy, but um, and I know everybody says, oh, you need to make your bed every morning, and it's a great way to start the day, and you... Uh, get a, a feeling of accomplishment and check something off. And I've, I'll be honest, I've never bought into that. And um, if people that does it for them, that's great. Um, but I'd rather get out of bed and get the day going and, and get my food in and get off to uh, getting stuff done and making the bed just isn't one of them. So I know it's going to drive her crazy, but I will make it the day before she gets here. And that's, that's all that matters. So um, while I am home alone, though, I'm going to be busy, hopefully working, putting out some great content like like this podcast episode and as usual i am working hard to come up with some great content and in this week's episode uh, i'm going to introduce a new segment i'm going to call it uh for right now at least inside mike's mind and this is kind of a a chance for me to rant a little bit about random topics uh and just kind of give different training tips or things i see and what we're going to talk about this week is actually are your weight workouts making you worse 
All right, I know that might sound weird, but I see a lot of things that make me believe that there might be some of you out there that you might be pushing hard and, and thinking your workouts are getting you better, but in fact, they might actually be making you worse. Uh, in this week's research review, we're going to talk about your shoulders. And these are actually some pretty old studies, but they're still incredibly relevant. And uh, you'll see what I mean when I say this, but I'm willing to bet that your shoulder is completely jacked up and you don't necessarily have to be in pain for it to be jacked up. So we're going to talk all about your shoulder and some things that you might want to consider with your training. And, and finally, in our coach's interview, I have on... SGX coach Bonnie Spartans, who was on an earlier episode, uh, we brought her back. Um, as I mentioned, when we switched the uh, format of the show, uh, we weren't going to just talk about Spartan races. We're going to bring in um, experts on all different obstacle course races. And I've admitted before that my uh, experience and my specialty is definitely with Spartan races. So I had to bring in another expert. And we're going to talk about some of the most uh, common and most popular obstacle course races that you're going to see on the West Coast, especially. Um, so this is a great summary. So if you haven't tried some of the other races out there, Coach Bonnie is going to talk about all the different ones, uh, at least on the West Coast. And if you're listening to this show and you have some expertise on some East Coast OCRs, I would love to get you on the show and feel free to reach out to me. All right, so let's get on to this week's show. All right, now for our newest segment, Inside Mike's Mind. And it might be a dark and scary place sometimes, but I want to let you inside my mind and let you know kind of some of the things that I think about, uh, I observe, and just some of the things I am um, toying around with when I create programs, when I'm just thinking about why I do certain things or um, things I'm playing around with with clients and in my self-training program. And this week, I want to talk about um, you asking the question, are your workouts actually making you worse? And I know that might sound like a silly thing because we often think, well, if as long as I'm doing something, I'm going to be getting better. And unfortunately, that's not true. And you can definitely be taking a step in the wrong direction if you are doing the wrong things. And the, the common uh, trend I see now, especially when you look at what's being posted online, and I'm not saying everything online is bad, but you do see this idea of intensity all over all other things. And don't get me wrong, I, I love intense workouts. I love pushing yourself. I love pushing clients to make sure that they can you know do things that they couldn't do before and see these great improvements. But it comes at a cost, and you must be aware of what that cost is. And if you should even be doing some of these high intense workouts, and that's kind of what I want to talk about in this uh, segment here. And I like the analogy of a bent nail. So if you've ever been trying to, to hang something, build something, and you start hammering a nail in and there's a little bend in that nail, if you just start beating that nail harder you're going to bend that nail and it's eventually going to break and you're not going to get the result that you're looking for. And oftentimes that's what we see with our training programs. So if if somebody has a hard time squatting, for example, they're not a great squatter, often the answer that they, they are given is, hey, you need to squat more. And that's hitting that bent nail. If you just keep squatting or if you just keep smashing that nail, it's not going to get better. In fact, there's a good chance it's going to get worse. And you have to break down and look at why are you not a good squatter? 
maybe you have some mobility restrictions. Maybe you have some core issues. Maybe some stability issues. There are lots of reasons why you might struggle squatting. But if you don't look at those things and improve on that, just throwing more and more squats is not going to solve the problem. Oftentimes we think, well, if I just hit it harder, if I throw strength, if I throw intensity at something, it'll just eventually get better. But you're going to find that you are going to develop compensations and they're going to start small and they might not seem like a big deal. But all of a sudden, you're going to be pushing the weights, pushing the intensity, pushing the reps, and now your knee's a little tweaked or your back's a little tweaked. And and then it's not going to go away. And You're going to have this little nagging injury that's going to hang around and it won't magically disappear. And if you try and push through it, it's just going to get worse and worse. And you're going to get stuck in this cycle where you kind of take some time off, it gets better, and then you push it hard again and it's going to come back. And we want to break that cycle. So you need to look at your, your training program and really see are, if you're struggling with something or if you're not doing a movement properly, just trying to, to hit it with more intensity or hit it more often may not be the answer. Now, I'm sure you've all heard the saying, practice makes perfect, and that's far from the truth, right? You can practice the wrong things and get really good at the wrong things, but obviously that's not what we want. So you have to have deliberate practice and you'll see improvements. So you really want to break down every movement that you're doing and integrity should always come first. Do you have a good squat? Do you have a good push, a good pull, a good lift? Whatever the movement is, if you don't have that fundamental movement pattern down, compensations are going to develop. And if you just load that movement pattern, you load your squat with um, kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells, whatever it may be, these compensations are going to get worse and worse and you're going to start to get dysfunctional movement patterns and you're going to start to get a pain most likely and it's going to affect performance obviously and you're going to be missing some races or uh, going to have to take some time off of training which is if you're listening to this podcast that's probably something that you don't want to do because you enjoy working out and you want to push yourself so you can do better in in these races and uh, I'm a big fan of functional movement systems and I'll put a link to their website, but their their slogan is move well, move often. And it's intentionally in that order. We need to move well first. And if you're not moving in a correct pattern and then just start moving often and thinking you're doing the right thing, you might actually be making things worse. And um, you're going to see it translate into everyday movement where now your posture is not looking so good or um, your, your back is bothering you when you when you work in the yard or, or at work or whatever it might be. So we want to make sure that our workouts are taking us in the right direction. So I really what I want you to leave this little segment or this little rant, whatever it was, with is really evaluate your exercise program and see is this something that is making you better? Your goal of a workout should not be to leave in a, in a, a pool of, of sweat and tears and vomit and, and all that stuff, right? So it's, it's okay to push yourself and, and push those hard workouts, but you want to leave a workout feeling good. And if you just feel like your joints are completely destroyed, you're achy all over, uh, muscle strains, and, and things that just don't feel right, that's not a good sign, right? You want to leave a workout feeling better than when you came in and if you're crawling out and you just can't move for a couple days after that and it's not not just a typical muscle soreness it's other joint pains and and issues that shouldn't be there you really need to question your program and, and make sure you're doing the right thing whether you're training for a race or just training for just general functional health and fitness these are all things to to take in consideration so your goal or your homework um after listening to this is 
evaluate your program and make sure it, it's not making you worse. Because some of the things I see online, it's it's definitely destroying people's bodies. And um, we need to find that balance, right? If you're going to be pushing yourself in these races, you may be fine, you might be young, and, and it's no big deal right now. But I guarantee you're going to have issues later in life. And you're, you, you don't want to deal with joint replacements and knee surgeries and back surgeries and, and any of those things, right? Those those are not things that we're supposed to go through, right? If, if you have no other option, then obviously you might have to go that route. But it should be our job to take care of our bodies and make sure they stay durable. And the best way to do that is making sure we're moving well, moving the uh, appropriate amount in the appropriate patterns and not just trying to destroy ourselves with these just insane workouts. All right. So that's my rant. Hopefully you got something out of that. So again, it's okay to push those hard workouts, but make sure you're moving uh, well first. All right. In this week's research review, I want to talk about your shoulders and how most likely they're pretty jacked up. And kind of going off my, my rant in the previous section, we were talking about just, just movement and how if you're not moving properly, then there's a good chance you're going to develop compensation or you're just wearing down a joint in a way that you really shouldn't be wearing it down. And you might be thinking, well, that's definitely not me because I'm not in pain at all. I can still work out hard and no big deal. Um, but I wanted to share these three studies that might change your mind a little bit because we often only relate dysfunctional movement with pain and kind of that's not a good way to think about it that's very reactive you're going to work out hard until something hurts and then you're going to try and do something about it then but really if you're doing things the wrong way it's it's really a ticking time bomb before something's going to happen and we want to do our best to catch it before we actually are in pain but um these three studies looked at the shoulder and showed how pain is just not a good indicator when uh, of things that are, are good or bad. So uh, the first one, back in 2003, this is from the American Journal of Sports Nutrition, and they looked at uh, athletes, specifically baseball and tennis players. So these are uh, athletes who are definitely using that shoulder more than, than your average person. And they took MRIs of their dominant shoulder and they were all asymptomatic, meaning none of them had any shoulder pain, uh, didn't complain about any issues, uh, So they, but they MRI'd their shoulder anyway, and they actually found that 40% of them had findings consistent with uh, either a partial or a full rotator cuff tear, right? So 40%, pretty high percentage of them actually had a rotator cuff tear, yet none of them reported pain, all right? So again, it's kind of a matter of time before they probably weren't going to be in pain. Uh, another study from the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery of America in 1992, uh, they looked at 96 asymptomatic individuals. These were not athletes, just um, your average people who, um, again, they were not in pain and they took MRIs of their shoulder and they found that 34% of them had rotator cuff tears, even though no pain. And those that were over 60, 56% of them had a rotator cuff tear. So if you are over the age of 60, you are mo more than half the time, you probably have a rotator cuff issue without you actually knowing it, not, not experiencing pain at all. So that's, again, these are really high percentages considering there was absolutely no pain in the shoulder. All right, and then one final study, again, from uh, another one from the American Journal of Sports Medicine uh, in 1995. So they looked uh, at MRIs of, again, 30 asymptomatic shoulders, of individuals under the age of 50, and they found that none of them had completely 
normal rotator cuff. All right, so hopefully that's showing you a little bit of evidence that pain is not a good indication if uh, of functional movement and a good functional shoulder. Um, that when you have pain, it's a sign that it's too late. There's something really wrong, and we need to take a, a medical uh, attention to to figure out what's going on and diagnose it and figure out the appropriate path to take from there. But if you are not in pain. I just want you to consider this. How are you moving, right? If, if you have tightness in your shoulder, if you do a lot of pushing exercises like push-ups and bench press and not a lot of pulling exercises to balance it out, this is going to lead to huge muscle imbalances of, of the shoulder. Um, I'm going to put some links to uh, some videos in the show notes that I want you to check out. The, the big thing I always want to mention with people is should you be doing any overhead pressing exercises? This is a high risk exercise if you're not ready for it. And number one, hopefully you're not doing any behind the head barbell shoulder press exercises. There's really no need to do anything like that. But should you be doing any overhead pressing in general? And there's a quick test that you can do. And really, you don't need to look at a video. It's pretty easy to explain. But if you just stand with your back to a wall, so your heels, your, your, your hips, your shoulders, and your head are touching the wall, without bending your elbow and without arching your back, take both arms completely straight. You're going to raise them over your head and see if you can touch the wall with your thumbs without bending your elbow, without arching your back. If you cannot do that, that means you should not be doing any overhead pressing, at least directly overhead, because um, you don't have that range of motion. And if you are doing it, you're compensating in some way. You're doing something weird with your shoulder, you're arching your back, or, or something that you just shouldn't be doing that's going to break something down, whether it's your shoulder or, or your back. So my recommendation is probably want to get rid of any overhead pressing exercises. You could try single arm. So try that same test, but only do one arm at a time. You might notice that you couldn't do it with two arms, but you could do it with one. And if that's the case, then you might be okay with single arm overhead pressing. You have better range of motion on one side and, and you can do, or make sure you can do it on both sides. Um, and you can do your overhead pressing that way, but stay away from double arm overhead pressing. And if you cannot do it with one arm, then I would pretty much remove all overhead pressing from your routine until you've restored adequate range of motion in that, that shoulder joint. Um, and that might sound like a bummer, but really it's going to save you in the long run. There's plenty of other shoulder exercises that you can do, but I would just highly recommend taking overhead pressing out if you cannot do that, that test. All right, so that's it. Just wanted to mention those studies real quick and just remind you that if something hurts, definitely figure out what's going on. But just because something doesn't hurt doesn't mean you're in the clear. You definitely want to make sure you can do certain movements before you're loading uh, that joint up and then repeatedly lifting weight over and over again. All right, so be safe. Um, make sure you're taking care of those joints. All right, it is time for our coaches interview segment. And as you know, in the past, we have heavily focused on Spartan race training, but we are broadening our horizons and we're seeking out experts that can talk to us about all different obstacle course races. And to be a little selfish, um, you know, my specialty is definitely Spartan race training, and I wanted to learn about all the different types of OCRs that are out there. So I couldn't think of anybody better than 
SGX coach Bonnie Spartan to get in here and talk a little about a little bit about some of the most popular OCRs that you're going to find on the West Coast. So I actually had her in uh, to my studio and we sat and talked and um, I thought you guys would find this valuable if you're looking to venture into other OCRs. So I go, hope you guys enjoy this interview. All right. I am here live or not live, but uh, <laughs> together at uh, my studio in San Diego with SGX coach Bonnie Spartan, who I can't remember the exact episode number, but was on a previous podcast. I'll put a link to it in uh, this episode's show notes if you want to check out that interview. But Coach Bonnie, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. So I'm really excited to have you with me today. We're going to broaden our spectrum a little bit and talk about a lot of OCR races in right. general. So um, so you're Bonnie, Coach Bonnie Spartan. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, well, how did you get that name? Because I know you do just about every OCR race there is out there. I do. There are so many different races out there. But I go by Bonnie Spartan because I was on my way to a uh, my first, my, well, my second, Ultra Beast. And I have such a complicated last name. My last name is Nusiforo, which you're probably already thinking, how on earth do you spell that? <laughs> and my friend was like, dude, I don't even know your last name. I just call you Bonnie Spartan. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm doing all these Spartan races. This is, that's my, that's my name. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm super easy to find. You can remember me, Bonnie Spartan, even though my first race was a Tough Mudder. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's hilarious. So let's, um, there are a ton of OCRs out there, and we're not going to be able to cover every single one in this episode, or we'd be here for quite a while. <laughs> but I wanted to bring you in because anybody that follows you on Facebook or um, any social media, it seems like every week you are somewhere, either racing, <laughs> cheering on clients, friends, um, volunteering. You're all over the place. And this is something that I've really, I'll, I'll be uh, selfish a little bit. And I wanted to know more about some of these other races because I have to admit my specialty is more with, with Spartan racing. And I wanted to bring in another expert to, <laughs> to dig into some of these other ones. So um, let's, let's, uh, what are some of the other ones that we, we're even talking about here? Well, there are so many races nowadays between Northern California, Vegas area, and Arizona. You could almost do a race every weekend, it seems. Mm -hmm. There are races like Warrior Dash, which are all over the country. You've got Gladiator, which is a local Southern California race. You've got Terrain, which is really stepping up their numbers. They've gone all over the country. And you've got Rugged Maniac, also a little local company now that's blown up across the country. Mm -hmm. We just had Rugged Maniac here recently and a terrain race pretty recently. And it's amazing to see how far these smaller races have come. Yeah, yeah. And then Tough Mudder, like and you said, of course, your, Tough Mudder, your yeah. first one. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, speaking of Tough Mudder, what, so you said that was your first race, your that first OCR. That was my very first obstacle course race. Well, technically it was the Invincible Challenge, but that's not around anymore. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what drew you to the Tough Mudder? My brother actually had done a couple. My mm -hmm. dad saw him do it, and I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. I was out of shape and didn't know what to do with myself, really. So my dad dragged his daughter along, and I ran a Tough Mudder not knowing what I was getting into. <laughs> didn't know about getting electrocuted or... You know, I think my brother left that detail out. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Yeah. Otherwise, you might, might not be out there with him. It might have changed my whole path. <laughs> <laughs> so let's... So some of these are more more popular on the West Coast, um, but let's let's get into some of these. Um, so let's start with the Warrior Dash. Okay. Let's let's kind of just talk about you know what who who might be appropriate for who might it attract and 
kind of what makes it unique because these all these races have their own unique charm they if do. you will to them so uh so what's the warrior dash like warrior dash is kind of like the grandfather of obstacle course races it's one of the in the united states it's one of the original races it's a 5k you know what to expect it's um predetermined distance you know basically the obstacles you're going to see mm -hmm. they only do one in southern california a year so a lot of people want to go out they want to do this one it has the reputation of the party race okay. at the end of the race you get a funny hat a woolly red hat with horns <laughs> I'll just keep it going and okay. um, you can start with getting. Okay, so it's the party race. You, at the end of the race, you get a beer. You get, as a lot of the races have, you get a wooly red hat with white horns. And <laughs> it's a fun race. It's really, um, it's a fun race for a beginner to go okay. into. They do have a timed aspect. You can qualify for OCR Worlds. But it attracts mostly the, we're going to go have fun with our friends type. Mm -hmm. of racer the obstacles are fairly easy okay uh, my 13 year old daughter did the last one with me here in april awesome um, and i believe she completed most of the obstacles <laughs> so <laughs> if, if that gives you an idea of theirs um you know how difficult the race is okay really attracts your first time or your we're going to do this one every year because this is the one we do awesome type of person and uh any any like penalties or is it just there's no penalty component it. it's just go have fun if you can't do it don't do it mm -hmm. if you don't want to do it don't do it mm -hmm. you just go and have fun awesome. it really is one of the most fun in awesome. southern california cool cool um and then uh multiple tries at obstacles if you want them or is if it just you want them yeah um they do tend because the waves are a little bit larger they mm -hmm. do tend to get backlogged at the obstacles so you don't usually want to go back and do it okay but if you did there isn't a volunteer to tell you no the volunteers okay. are there to encourage you and sure. help you along okay cool so what could somebody expect? I know this is a hard question to answer, but like about how long would it take to get through a Warrior Dash? It's, like I said, it's a 5K, mm -hmm. so it's three miles with obstacles, maybe an hour or okay. so. It You're going at a steady pace. It's a fairly flat course. Sure. They hold it. The last couple of years, they've held it out in, I think it's Chino, mm -hmm. um, that recreational area out there. So it's a fairly flat course. Okay. It's not too treacherous. Uh, there is a little waterway you cross, which with all the rain, it can be a little sloshy and muddy. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. some of the obstacles do contain water. Okay. So you get wet and okay. muddy. Um, but yeah, an hour is about a good time. Okay. Okay, perfect. So a great place to, to start if you've never done any, any exactly. OCR before. Or or maybe you just want to have fun, maybe convince some coworkers or friends. Great one to do with yeah. the office staff. <laughs> and then and then party afterwards, sounds like. Yep. Stick right. I think they even say it in their press release. Stay around and have a beer. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. That sounds like a good a good finish to a race. Um, okay, so let's move on to Gladiator. What can we expect with that one? Gladiator is a small company ran by Dan Nitro Clark, he the former Gladiator, mm -hmm. and it's a near and dear type thing to his heart. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, the proceeds go to a charity, a portion of them. He personally lets every single wave go, so <laughs> people can get a little starstruck. Throughout the day, I have I volunteered at this event, and mm -hmm. I was at the starting line, and I watched this man with all the passion he has, yeah. release the first wave, the same as he released the last That's wave. That's awesome. The same rah-rah speech, you've mm -hmm. got this, this is why we're here. He really knows how to pump up a crowd. Awesome. He is a showman. Nice. And as you go through the course, um, there are some obstacles that are specific to Gladiator. Mm -hmm. They have the, they 
have one obstacle, which is a, a, other races you would call it a penalty, but it's a block, a cinder block that you do burpees with. Okay. And you don't just do burpees with it, you hoist it over your head. Oh, nice. So he adds the whole body component into mm-hmm. it. The mm-hmm. obstacles are unique. He has a under, um, under wire crawl that you crawl through on your back, where most races you're crawling on your yeah, front. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of unique for that one. Cool. Um, some of his events, he has had a rope climb. Okay. So there's no penalty component if you can't complete an obstacle. And again, if you can't do something, you go around. Okay. But it it's a fun one as well. Okay. With an added level of challenge. So it's great for the first-time racer who needs the, the confidence and mm-hmm. wants that boost and wants to go meet Dan Nitro Clark. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it, it can be a little bit more challenging if you push yourself. Okay. Is there a time portion or an elite division or anything like you know, that? I don't believe so. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that one is just to go at your own pace. They do have a time. You can be timed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they have... They must have. If they have timing, they must have a first, second in place. But I'm not sure if it's an OCR World Qualifier race. Okay, okay, gotcha. And uh, is it the same distance every time? Does that vary? He holds one in, at the Rose Bowl. This is it's his biggest event. Okay. So I believe it's around a 5K. Okay. But it might give or take because mm-hmm. you're working with the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And you yeah. do get to go in the stadium. So that's oh, pretty that's cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. When is, when is that? Is it the same time every year? You know, it is. I want to say it's towards the end of the year, but okay. I'm not quite sure. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. So how about uh, terrain? Terrain race is another one like um, rugged that's really grown up in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They, I did it out in Vegas a couple of years ago with my brother, and they only had the Arizona and Vegas race. Now they've gone all over the country. It can be a great first-timers race. Okay. Again, my daughter's done this one. They mm-hmm. do have a monkey bar component, and anytime you're working with an obstacle that requires you to hold your body weight from your hands, that's going to be more difficult. Yeah, yeah. But again, there isn't a penalty. Mm-hmm. So if you can't complete it, you can go around. They do have an elite division where you place, you're timed. Okay. Um, so that can add a challenging level, but it's also appropriate for your beginners who want to go out, they mm-hmm. want to do it with a group. It's a, it, They do it in California a couple times a year. Okay. So it's something you could do early in the year, mm-hmm. train, and then come back and do it later in the year. Yeah. They're still newer into the expanding throughout the country, so the race isn't always the same. The mm-hmm. last time I did it, they had a different rig system. Their monkey bar system was a little different than the okay. time I'd done it before. Yeah. So they're evolving and they're changing. They're adding new components, but mm-hmm. it's still, I would say it's a good beginner-friendly race because okay. it doesn't have that penalty component. Gotcha. And is it still kind of that 5K distance? Yeah. Okay. They have a 5K and a 10K option. Terrain has done something a little interesting where they've also added a 24-hour relay okay. race option, which is different. So running it with your team and yeah. running it for laps, which allows a more advanced participant to join in who's maybe on the endurance end. Mm-hmm. Just run it all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. So are you... If it's a, so it's a relay where you're kind of handing off. Yeah, one to the person next on the person. team is going at a time. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. And uh, is it like a lap thing or just when you're ready to jump in? It, the race, it's a lap thing, but when you're ready, if nobody's ready to go, then nobody's ready to go and you just don't get as many laps in. Okay. The goal is to get as many laps as possible, but if nobody's ready. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right, makes sense. Um, Cool. All right. So we'll let you mention Rugged Maniac. So let's move on to that. Rugged, like terrain, has grown around the country. But they haven't reached into the endurance side like terrain. They've stayed true to their roots where they're a 5K. They're okay. a fun 5K. They no longer have a timing component. You can win the race, but you have to go out in the first wave and be the first one across the finish line. That's how they gotcha. they do their reward their awards mm-hmm. program. But it, I would definitely say, 
along with Warrior Dash, is a good beginner's race. Okay. There's no penalty component. They make it nice and fun. They do have some overhead obstacles, like a ring system, mm-hmm. but without a penalty component and with the volunteers there to cheer you on more than, you know, make you follow a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great first-timers race. The courses are flat. Mm-hmm. They do it at Galloway Downs in Temecula. Okay. They did just add in, um, what was it, uh, up in north, up north, uh, Castaic Lake, okay. where Spartan has done the sprint. Yeah. They just did one up there. Okay. So they added a little bit more mm-hmm. of the hills, but they still stayed pretty true to the flat course. So okay. keeping it a flat course definitely makes it more beginner-friendly. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and and with some of these, I, I, I meant to ask you, are a lot of them water-based obstacles, or are some of these dry, where you just... So hill- all of these have some component of water. Okay, so Gladiator, expect to get wet likes to finish muddy okay you do not rinse off you mm-hmm. are muddy when you finish whereas warrior i mean warrior you go through water okay um rugged and terrain you rinse off but they're all of them you get muddy okay they're not mud runs they're obstacle course races still but you definitely At get the mud in there you're getting, you're getting dirty so so plan accordingly with your shoes yes. tire and, and all that stuff <laughs> um all right well let's let's get into tough mudder then Tough Mudder, they have changed so much since mm-hmm. my first one, I think four years ago. Mm-hmm. They've, I have to hand it to them. Um, obviously, Spartan Race, Tough Mudder, they're the, they're the big dogs in yeah, the obstacle yeah. racing community in the United States. And Tough Mudder, for several years, stayed true to, we're going to give you hard obstacles, there's no penalty, there's no time component. In the speech at the beginning, they say if there's an obstacle you can't complete, you can go around it. Mm-hmm. Now they're kind of stepping it up a little bit. Okay. In the last couple of years, we saw them get a little softer by adding the half component. Okay. So a regular Tough Mudder is about 10 to 12, 13-ish yeah. miles, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. They added their half course, so five-ish miles, which brought in a new crowd. Some mm-hmm. people maybe who weren't so comfortable with the distance. They don't do some of the obstacles. They only do a portion of the obstacles. Yeah, yeah. But now they've added their new 24-hour, or their, sorry, 8-hour toughest mutter component. Mm-hmm. And I hear that they're starting to maybe add a timing component. Okay. They, too, first across the finish line, you're the winner. Mm-hmm. So there's a, an awards program. But now if they add timing, that's going to definitely step up their game in competition yeah. with Spartan. But that 8-hour event, <laughs> 8 hours of laps. And yeah. they've done it really interesting. So they have a 10-mile course set out, mm-hmm. and they split it in half. So for the first four hours, you're doing the first half of the course. Then they shut that course down, and they switch it, and you do the second half of the course. So you don't have the same terrain the whole eight hours, yeah, and you don't yeah. have the same obstacles the whole eight hours. Nice. The one, Their first event they did was up at Glen Helen. They mm-hmm. called it their LA race, you know, yeah. San Bernardino. <laughs> <laughs> and the Arctic Enema, which is their ice bath, mm-hmm. was in the second half of the course. Ooh. So when you're at your most tired, and that one gets in people's heads. Oh, yeah, it just, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's physically challenging because mm-hmm. your body is going to freak out, but yeah. it is mentally challenging to force yourself to dunk underwater. At freezing cold water. Let alone at, yeah. you know, 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so they their obstacles are something else. They're more technical. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily all designed to be completed. Mm-hmm. They're, um, I think it's a king of swingers. You're leaping off of a platform to reach a trapeze bar. Yeah. If you miss it, you fall in water. Yeah. There's no penalty for missing it, but you have to leap. Yeah, yeah. And it's 20-something feet up. Mm-hmm. Their obstacles are more mentally challenging than Spartan obstacles. Gotcha. Even Everest. I mean, it's a slick mm-hmm. half pipe that you run up. Mm-hmm. You basically have to have somebody to help you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched Ryan Kent come through 
at the you know eight hour toughest event and he had help to get up i think he made it up but then he stayed and helped somebody yeah yeah or he might have had help too but it's just that component of you got to help somebody yeah yeah. it's totally different than any other race i mean we all help each other but Mm -hmm. if you're running a spartan race elite you're not going to stay there and help somebody up no. a wall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to happen. Exactly, yeah. So they're a little bit different. Yeah, and and we were talking before we started recording about that, how, how different that type of race is, where it is it is a team aspect. Even if you don't go in with a team, you need a team to get through it, yeah. and whether it's complete strangers or somebody you know, um, but that's that type of race where you have to go in knowing you can't do this whole thing by yourself. Right. And somebody's got to help you most likely. So that's... That's just an interesting style of, of racing. It really is. Yeah. Uh, it's different to see. So, mm-hmm. A sport that can be viewed as so individual. Yeah. They're yeah. taking that team aspect and they're making it, no, no, this is what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. And then you get electrocuted. And then you get electrocuted, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, go for <laughs> um, it. <laughs> so getting electrocuted is is kind of a key uh, signature of Tough Mudder. Do any of these, you mentioned a couple of, but do any of the other ones have like their obstacle that they, that they, they kind of promote, I guess? Uh, Rugged Maniac has a half pipe at the end. It's shorter than Tough Mudders and I, they don't use the plexiglass. So you could complete it yourself if you have the skill to do it. Okay. But at every Rugged Maniac, they have this, I think it's a 12 foot high half pipe that you run up, up, jump up. It's a cargo net you go across, and then they have this huge water slide at the end. Oh, nice. So that combination is their signature. Gotcha. Um, The terrain race, they're funky monkey. They're Mm -hmm. always going to have some aspect of monkey bars in it. Their metal is an angry monkey. Mm -hmm. They are the angry monkey. You've seen angry (laughs) monkey, you know it's terrain. Yeah, yeah. So they have that, uh, the monkey bar component in there in some configuration. Yeah. Warrior Dash, that crazy hat, is Mm -hmm. their image. (laughs) And they have this giant mud pit at the end of every race. Okay. It is the thickest, sloppiest mud. I mean, I've done a lot of mud runs, a lot mm-hmm. of obstacle course races. That mud is like nothing else. <laughs> I, I don't know if they import it. <laughs> but you come down a water slide, mm-hmm. and then you get to go through a mud pit. Awesome. So, so yeah. they have some secret secret ingredient that they're throwing in the I water. And what dirt. they're doing. <laughs> it's, it's funny, though. That's awesome. And um, I'd have to say Gladiator. It's, it's Dan. He's okay, the one yeah. who, like, yeah, he makes he's that. There, yeah. He's there, and he makes it happen. Awesome, awesome. Cool. So you mentioned um, OCR World. So let's just touch on that a little bit. Um, how does all that work? Because you mentioned some of them are qualifying races. Others may not be. Um, so what does that involve to qualify? You know, I'm, I haven't qualified yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm still working my way up, and I haven't gone yet either. So I'm not as familiar with the OCR okay. Worlds uh, races. I know they have a couple different races. They have a mm-hmm. team relay, and then they have a three-mile, and they have a distance race. To qualify for it, I'm not sure if it's top five or top ten in your okay. age group at one of the qualifying races. Okay, so... So a race where there's a time component, mm-hmm. like Warrior Dash, you can be timed. Okay. Uh, Spartan race, obviously. Yeah. And I'm not sure if Tough Mudder is a qualifier because there isn't a timing component no time. yet. Interesting. All right. And they've kind of played outside the rules a little bit. They've kept yeah. on their own. Gotcha. So gotcha. It, it's interesting to see how the smaller race and the bigger race are playing together. Yeah. Yeah. There's cool. a lot of controversy in the world's I competition gotcha. right yeah, now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's hard because anytime you hear like world championship in, in a certain sport, it's pretty uniform. It's like this is the event, this is the game that you play. But obstacle course racing is so 
varied. And Spartan Race has their world championship. Yeah, and yeah. then there's OCR Worlds, and now there's U.S. Worlds. Yeah. And now there's this U.S. team that they're putting together that I don't really know a whole yeah. lot about. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We work in the industry, and yeah. I can't imagine what up you know people who are just coming into the sport are thinking. Like, I know. What are all these championships? I know. <laughs> you, you would think if you were the world champion, you're the world champion, but... It's not necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really interesting, but it also shows how new this sport still is, and it's evolving. It's, evolve- it's yeah. evolving every single year. Yeah. Everything is different. Just how we've seen Spartan Race change. Mm-hmm. I mean, how they've tried to adapt with Joe DeSena working to get it into the Olympics. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, Tough Mudder really stepping up their competitive edge yeah. a little bit. I think that's what's turned people off mm-hmm. from sticking with Tough Mudder is they didn't have that competitive edge. Yeah. And now they're adding it in. So yeah, who knows yeah. what next year is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's uh, the cool thing that it's changing so much. So it kind of, it keeps your interest because you might have done it before and you have no idea what to expect next time sometimes. Or a new race pops up, right. or, or a new course, right? It's not held at the same location, maybe. Or and every like that. race is so different. Mm-hmm. I've had people ask, well, last year you did three trifectas, the year before you did four trifectas. You've done a couple different ultra beasts. You've done, why are you doing all these races? Mm-hmm. Why do you stick with this? Like, why not go do something else? Mm-hmm. Why water rafting? Or yeah. who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's always different. Mm-hmm. The people are different. The obstacles are going to be different. The courses are going to be different. Yeah. And with, like you said, with these new races popping up, we've got races back east, like Bone Frog and mm-hmm. Conquer the Gauntlet that we don't have out here. Yeah. That, I mean, they have obstacles we haven't even seen out mm-hmm. west. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how all that integrates. Yeah. Our, I mean, ours are way cooler out here. But... <laughs> well, I'm kind of partial to Southern California. So, so No, but that, I mean, I, I know I'm, hopefully I will get maybe an East Coast expert on here. Yeah. And um, go over some of the differences with some of the East Coast uh, races that are going on out there. Um, Even international. True, yeah. I think yeah. the original obstacle course race is what, Tough Guy? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they don't even know it's going to come back, mm-hmm. but those obstacles are insane. I know, yeah. So I, I like having fun with these, but I don't want to feel like I might die doing it. But I know that, you know, there's that element that some we people... We do sign a death waiver. I know, it's interesting. When you actually read that, and they don't really hide it either. No, it's a death yeah, waiver. You, you might die. Yeah. I think it's like there's a good chance you might die. Not even like, yeah. yeah, I have a waiver here at the studio. Like, yeah, you know, in really rare situations, bad <laughs> things can happen. No, there's a, like, yeah, this this could be bad yeah. if you're not ready. Um, so I know it, uh, just quickly, we again, we could spend a ton of time talking <laughs> about this. Um, Training-wise, would you necessarily train that differently with all these races? Um, or do you think there is a need to really be specific? If I were going to focus my... Currently, I'm training for Ultra Beast. Mm-hmm. So that is a longer race. Yes. If I were going to focus on maybe a rugged maniac or terrain, I know they're going to give me a shorter course. They're mm-hmm. going to give me a like a 5K-ish race. Yeah. And they're also going to give me a fairly flat course. Okay. So I'm going to train for speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas the races that I'm looking at, I'm training for the varied terrain, and mm-hmm. I'm training for a long period of time. Yeah, so yeah. When you're going into one of uh, like a rugged or a terrain or a gladiator, you're definitely going to want to have a different mindset, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to want to make sure you sign up for the first wave yeah. <laughs> if oh, you yeah. want to be competitive. Yeah, yeah. That's key. Uh, uh, a warrior dash. I mean. Uh, a warrior dash, they're going to come around once a year. Mm-hmm. So I would make that my fun rat, my yeah. fun race. Yeah. If I were going to go out with a group of friends who've yeah. never run a race before, mm-hmm. that's and they wanted April, that would be my time to do it with them. The weather's usually nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun race. 
And then Tough Mudder. That one, it's changing so much. Mm-hmm. And their obstacles are so mental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would definitely try to get out of my comfort zone as much as I could. Okay. Uh, I have a fear of heights, so maybe some heights training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... Heck, with Tough Mudder, even trapeze training. <laughs> Everything to get your mind as used to being uncomfortable as Makes you possibly sense. can be. Yeah. All of their, a lot of their obstacles are high. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, that, may, that makes sense. So whatever your comfort zone is, getting stepping out of there just slightly yeah. to start. Mm-hmm. Awesome, perfect. Um, well, I think we gave a ton of information for people to chew on, and I will put links to all of these different races, uh, and I'll even I'll find the OCR World's uh, qualifying regulations so if you are interested and want to try and qualify you can see which races are are eligible for that and how high you'll have to rank um but thank you so much for coming by that was awesome thanks for having uh, me i'm sure we'll get you back on here again soon i look forward to it all right well that will do it for episode 34 of the ocr underground show want to take a second to thank our sponsors for making this show possible uh first up is designer protein Definitely check out their site at designerprotein.com. These guys are experts in everything protein, from plant-based protein to whey protein uh, to even some meal replacements and um, greens powder and ancient grains and all sorts of fun stuff. So check out their stuff at designerprotein.com. And also, for all of your mobility tool needs, check out mobilitas at yourjointsshouldnthurt.com. They have some great mobility tools, high quality, very durable that will last a long time. So check them out at your joints shouldn't hurt.com and also a special thanks to coach bonnie spartan for highlighting all the different ocr races out there i'm definitely going to start looking into some different ones to do and hopefully you guys do the same if you haven't already tested some of those out don't forget to check out the show notes at ocrunderground.com slash episode 34 for any links mentioned in the show as well as any other special promos or discount codes that you might find for some upcoming races And if you found anything useful from the show or any of the previous shows, don't forget to head over to iTunes and give us a review. I'd love to get some comments and feedback to see how we're doing. And hopefully you guys are getting some good content and it's applying it to your training to uh, improve your, your racing. And while you're there, definitely subscribe to the show so you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they come out. That's it for this week. And we'll be back again next week with another awesome show.